Welcome to the Believer's Voice of Victory from Kenneth Copeland Ministries. Download the notes at kcm.org slash notes. Effective and consistent prayer life is essential to living in God's peace and protection. Join Gloria Copeland and her guest Billy Brim on the Believer's Voice of Victory as they demonstrate how to pray and what to pray every day. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Believer's Voice of Victory. Billy Brim's back with us, and she's got some more information about the end times. The great Boy, how wonderful can that be? And what God has in store for us. Yeah. And we read a little bit of a prophecy from 1983 where Brother Hagin prophesied that in this great move of God, there will be a manifestation of casting out of demons that you haven't seen yet. And the Spirit of the Lord says he tried to give it to us long ago, but man got mixed up in it, so it's going to come back. Okay. Now, it is coming back right now, I believe, in men understanding how to use the authority of the believer. Brother mm -hmm. Hagen, uh, the Lord led him to study along that line, and uh, he thought, the church has an authority they haven't used yet. And he did prophesy that there would come a, a body of believers just before Jesus comes who know how to use their authority. Praise God. And Brother Hagen said in his book, The Believer's Authority, which you'll surely want to get, he said in that book, that uh, he was inspired by the writings of John A. Macmillan, who was a missionary to China and Philipp Philippines and definitely had some uh, exercise with demons. Yeah, you know he did. Yeah, so Macmillan wrote that book, Authority of the Believer. It is amazing. And uh, we have that book. We, we, you surely need a copy of that. But I was on Sid Ross' program, and he wanted me to put together just a little something that people could hold in their hands, put in their pocket, in their purse. Mm -hmm. And how do you exercise the authority of the believer? How you do know the, you, know the, you do it? People may not realize it, but that's life and death. If you know how to exercise the authority of the believer, and you're, you know, you're somewhere where there's an accident or whatever, a heart attack or something, you can save somebody's life. You can save your own life. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and so anyway, in this little book, um, The Authority of the Believer and How to Use It, you'll notice there's a picture of me sitting down. And there's a reason why I'm sitting down. And uh, we'll get that in the book of Ephesians. Get your Bible out. Okay, Get the it. first chapter of Ephesians. Now, in my second chapter in this book, I write, it's a name of the chapter is Our Ministry in the Heavenlies. We have a ministry that we exercise on earth. We have a ministry that we exercise from the right hand of the Father. And that's our authority because of that seat we have. Amen. And uh, so I started out here. Children, uh, Christians have the authority to keep their areas free from shooting sprees yeah. at local schools, churches, malls, or public events. Christians have the authority to keep their areas free from epidemics of suicide. Christians have the authority to keep Satan from having high carnival in their homes and families. Wherever demon forces are the culprits, we have the authority to keep them at bay. That's right. Now, we don't have authority over people. That'd be manipulation, witchcraft. 
but we have authority over Satan and his cohorts. Praise God. This authority comes with a new birth. It's not just for special people. Anybody that gets born again, minute they're born again, I don't care if they're five years old, they've got authority over the devil, but they have to know how yeah, to use right. it. So, in our book, Ephesians, which is the book of the glorious church, uh, there's a prayer in it. And uh, Brother Hagin, uh, in his book, Believer's Authority, he, and oh, he taught me this, I was working for him back in the 1970s. And he taught us to pray this prayer every day. I've prayed it almost every day since. And he taught us this is a Holy Ghost anointed prayer. And so it's, an, it's for you. God gave it to uh, Paul and he wrote it for the Ephesians, but it also works for you. You're a saint of God. So what you do, you start praying it and you pray it and you make it personal. So here's how you do it. Here's how you're going to take authority. In the morning, you got up, you got your Bible out. So you say this, I, I've, I've read it so many times I can quote it, but I still get it out and read it. You begin praying to God, verse 17. God of our Lord Jesus Christ, Father of glory, give unto me the spirit of wisdom and revelation yes. in the knowledge of him. Boy, it'll start coming. Praise you'll start getting revelation. You'll, be, you'll have a whole lot better wisdom. But then he wants you to understand three things, three exact things. Let the eyes of our understanding be enlightened that we may know, number one, mm -hmm. what is the hope of his calling? Number two, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? But number three is what we're going to talk about. And what is the exceeding greatness of your power to us who believe? According to the working of your mighty power, which you wrought in Christ when you raised him from the dead and set them at your own right hand in the heavenlies, far above Praise all God. principality, power, might, and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age and world, but also in that which is to come. Praise God. And you put all things under yes, His amen. feet mm -hmm. and gave Him to be head over all things too, to what? The church, which is His body. He's the head, we're the body. The fullness of him that filleth all in all. And you don't stop praying right there. You go on down to chapter two. And you have quickened, and you have he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Verse four. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ. By grace we are saved and has raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, what does this tell us? This tells us that God raised Jesus from the dead mm -hmm. and when he raised him, he seated him. He seated him at his own right hand in the heavenlies. And the right hand of God is the place of power of all creation. But he didn't stop with just Jesus. Look what it says. It says he placed all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all to the church, which is his body. So here it tells us that he's the head and the church is the body. And everything's under his feet and the feet are in the body. So it doesn't matter if somebody just got born again yesterday 
and they might be the little toe on the left foot. Satan's under their feet. Because it says right here in the next chapter, we were slain, dead by our trespasses and sins. But, verse 4, God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ. Christ. When he quickened Jesus, he quickened, when he quickened the head, when he quickened Jesus, he quickened the body. And he raised us up together. When he raised him, he raised us. We are in the body. We are in the body. And verse 6, he raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus. When he quickened him, he quickened you and me. When he raised him, he raised you and me. When he seated him at his right hand, he seated you and me. So now we positionally are raised with Christ and seated at the right hand of the Father. Having been thus raised among the dead, Christ Jesus was exalted by God to his own right hand in in the heavenlies. Now I'm reading on page 25 in my little book. I actually quoted a lot of Macmillan. We have the rights to that book. We got it because we needed it printed and they didn't always have it in print, so they sold us the rights for $200. Wow. So I can print that what book. A deal. What and I a got deal. a whole lot of that book that I just quoted right in here. And I'm quoting that book right now. Uh, page 25 in this little book, Glow, second paragraph. Christ and his people were raised together. The reviving of Christ expresses also the reviving of his people. That is to say, the very act of God, which raised the Lord from among the dead, raised also his body. Oh, yeah. Head and body are naturally raised together. Christ the head, his body the church. Ephesians lifts the believer with the ascended Christ to the heavenlies where we the believer are partaker of Christ's throne. Praise God. Through the elevation of the Lord's people with their head, they are made to sit with Christ in the heavenlies. Christ's seat is at the right hand of God. His people, therefore, occupy with him that same august position. Hallelujah. This honor is not to a chosen few, Mm. but it is the portion of all who share the resurrection of the Son of God. It's the birthright of every true believer, every born-again child of God. The elevation of his people, I'm skipping down to the third paragraph, the elevation of his people with him to the heavenlies has no other meaning than that they are made sharers of the authority which is his. They are made to sit with him, that is, they share his throne. To share a throne means without question to take partake of the authority which it represents. Indeed, they have been thus elevated in the plan of God for this very purpose, and it is written in Ephesians, to the extent of their spiritual apprehension right now to exercise authority over the powers of the air and over the conditions which those powers have brought about on earth and are still creating through their ceaseless manipulation of the minds and circumstances of mankind. Praise God. It is necessary to state here, and remember that I'm reading Macmillan, which I quote in my little book. It is necessary to state here what is commonly understood by those who carefully study the word. The kingdoms of this world 
are under the control and leadership of satanic principalities. He's called the God of this world, the prince of the power of the air. In the heavenlies that are all around the earth, Adam should have had those, but he sold out to the devil. Yeah, he did. And the devil moved in, and until Adam's lease is up, now he is a rebel against the Most High, and he's under judgment, but he's at large. He's going to be captured, of course, and put to the pit, but right now he's still at large. And as the masses of mankind are also rebels, he maintains over them an unquestioned because unsuspected rule, their eyes being blinded to his dominance. But the God of this earth will not put up with that forever. It's going to change. And now, right now, the purpose right now, it is written in Ephesians that God's purpose, his, his purpose of the ages, I'm reading now from the book of Ephesians in verse 9 of chapter 3. Paul said that he preaches a mystery. To make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world has been hid in God who created all things by Jesus Christ to the intent. There's a mystery that's been going on ever since the Bible was written that God has a purpose. He knows that those powers are in the air affecting people. But he put a body in the earth. And it's his intent. I'm reading you from the Bible. Verse 10. It's his intent that now, right now, 2017, right now, unto the principalities and powers in the heavenly places might be made known by the church the manifold wisdom of God, according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. This has been his eternal purpose. Going to raise up a people, and those people are going to, when, they, when, when they're born again, all that Jesus did, and he seated them at the right hand, that they begin exercising authority over that power. Oh. It is written in Romans 5, 17. They that which have received abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Amplified says reign as kings in life. It Glory. is not God's will that the devil overrun us. It is not God's will that he come in and shoot up our schools. You know, He's the one behind the people that do it. Yeah. It is God's will that we stop him and rule and reign over him and keep him from doing this. Hallelujah. He put all things under the feet of his body and we are in the body. Now, I get that book, uh, the bigger book that I have, and I quote it in here. The bigger book of uh, John uh, McMillan's. And I tell to the people, you read this book. You get all these principles down of ruling and reigning where you're seated at the right hand of the Father. And then you do page 27. Now here's page 27. I quoted it right here. Macmillan writing. Do we believe that God hath quickened us together with Christ? Hath raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus? Do you believe that, Gloria? I absolutely do. Okay. That's chapter 3, beginning of chapter 3. And it's on page 33. 
Do we believe that God has quickened us together with Christ? When he quickened the head, he quickened the body. Has raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus. If we believe that, our reaction to it will be a fervent, Lord, I accept thy gracious word. I believe that thou hast thus wrought for me in humble faith. I do now take my seat in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus at thy right hand. Teach me how to fulfill this sacred ministry, how to exercise the authority which thou hast entrusted to me. Train me day by day that I may attain to the full stature of the perfect man in Christ so that in me thy purpose of the ages may be fulfilled. And that's the purpose that we, that we tell those demons. We're going to demonstrate to them the, the manifold wisdom of God. This is, he says, every morning now, you get up and you say that to the Lord. So now I'm reading what he writes just after that. Tell me what page you're on. This is page 34. Okay. Top of the page. Well, actually, it's the second paragraph. Mm -hmm. If we are walking in the Spirit, our normal life is in the heavenlies. We've been lifted up there, Glow. That's where we ought to live. That's where we are. I remember Fred Fred Price used to say, keep looking down. Yeah. If we're walking in the Spirit, our normal life is in the heavenlies. To secure the consciousness of this, there must be the daily acceptance, daily, daily, daily acceptance of the fact. Let us morning by morning, as one of our first acts of worship, take our seat with Christ, as suggested in the previous paragraph. Return thanks to God for all that it implies. Let us often remind ourselves that we are seated far above all the powers of the air. And they are in subjection to us. As our faith learns to use the name and the authority of Jesus, we shall find the spiritual forces yielding obedience in ways that will surprise us. As we continue to abide closely in him, our prayers for the advancement of the kingdom will become less and less the uttering of petitions and will increasingly manifest the exercise of a spiritual authority that binds the forces of darkness. Praise God. So here's how I do it. Here's how I do page 27. Almost every morning, I get up and I sit in my prayer chair. Brother Hagin said to us, which is higher, to be seated in an office or to be standing? To be seated. And we're told that when he raised Christ and seated in the right hand, he seated us. So I got a picture of me here seated. And I sit in my chair. And I praise God that this is true. I pray that prayer in Ephesians, every word of it. And then I say, And now, Father, I thank you for all this being true. But I turn my attention to the kingdom of darkness and I do what you told me to do, to rule and reign in this life. And then I say something like this. Kingdom of darkness, you listen up to me right now. I commend you. My father told me that I, in Colossians, he told me I am translated out of your authority, out of the authority of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of the light, into the kingdom of God's dear son. Now listen to me. I take that authority over you. And here's who you don't bother today. I plead the blood of Jesus over Billy Brim, spirit, soul, and body. 
I plead the blood of Jesus over, and I name my four children, Shelly, Terry, Brenda, Chip, their mates, their children. They have, I have 10 grandchildren. Their mates. I have six great-grandchildren. Sometimes I name them all, depending on how much time I have, but the devil knows who the progeny is anyway. <laughs> and then I say, in the name of Jesus, I plead the blood of Jesus over the good works God has ordained I should walk in. You stay away from Prayer Mountain and the Ozarks. I plead the blood of Jesus over a glorious church fellowship. I plead the blood in Collinsville, Oklahoma. I plead the blood of Jesus over Migdal Arbel in Israel. You don't bother. And then I name people that work with us. I, na- I, say, I plead the blood over my partners. I plead the blood over our monies, our houses, our lands. You don't touch them today. That's right. And you know what? He cannot. He cannot bring terrorist attacks against Branson, Missouri. And he'd like to because we have 8 million tourists a year. And I know of some plots he's had, but they've all been uncovered. Praise, Praise the Lord. It is written in um, the fourth chapter of Hebrews, the 13th verse. Everything's open to him with whom we have to do. And I say to the Lord, Lord, everything's open to you. If there's any plots to come against Branson, you reveal them. Yeah, amen. And this is how I sit in my chair and rule and reign every day and know that Satan cannot do what he wants to do to me. I'm strong on the word. I'm strong on the name. I'm strong on the blood. When I get in my car, and I've done this since, I haven't had a wreck since 1969. And I say, in the name of Jesus, I plead the blood of Jesus over my car. Bumper to bumper, side to side, top to bottom, every part working and non-working. No Mm -hmm. one or no thing will bump this car. And we'll bump no one or no thing. We'll pass over to wherever we're going without incident. I get on an airplane, I say the same thing. I have flown millions of miles taking the same authority. And Satan cannot keep me from going on in God. Hallelujah. Without his hindrance. He'll try, but I can stop him. He can't do it. I can stop him. I got the authority. That's right. I know how to exercise it. That's good. Everybody ought to have that book. Mm-hmm. For sure. Praise God. Glory to God. Billy and I'll be right back. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching from Kenneth Copeland Ministries. And remember, Jesus is Lord.